This week in the 90s podcast. Cheers. Hey, cheers. Hi, <laughs> everybody. Hi. Welcome to This Week in the 90s. I'm Sarah Tiana. Hey, it's Chris Brockman. And uh, it's six. episode six. Hey. <laughs> You're looking at me like, do you know what to say next? You, yeah, you have. <laughs> have you done one of these before? Just nope. five. You're a rookie. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited to talk to you about my week. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, great. Like. Okay, so last week was episode five. I did the end of August to September 5th. Yes. So you're rocking and rolling here. I have September 6th through the 12th. Excellent. 1990. 90? Yeah. Whoa. Like going way back. Way back. Uh, I was 10. <laughs> you, you look shocked that you were ever 10. <laughs> well, you probably I mean, looked like this when you were 10. No, I was shaving and uh, I didn't have, I didn't get carded to buy beer. Uh-huh. I was buying it for all my friends. It was <laughs> great. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Nice. Lottery tickets, big deal among my <laughs> peer group. Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I won $500 on a scratcher once. When you were 10? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't. I got to keep You're it. You're lying. I rolled it over. <laughs> Apple stock, I'm actually rich. Well, that would be wonderful <laughs> to find out. Wouldn't that be the best? Uh <laughs> 1990. Yeah, where were you? Because wow, you were, where were you living in 1990? Okay, so you grew up uh, in, if people don't know, the reason you moved around so much is because your dad was in the Coast Guard. Yeah, my dad was in the Coast Guard, so we moved uh, every three years or so when I was younger. And then did you guys go by boat? <laughs> yeah, we actually took a boat around the southern tip of South America and uh-huh. then up the coast. It seems like a long way. It to was go, really great, but adventure. You guys should try it. Panama Canal, don't need it. Car- <laughs> Cars, planes, forget that. Uh, no, so in September of 1990, we would have been living in Ketchikan, Alaska. We uh, moved there in January. We actually arrived on Super Bowl Sunday that year uh, in 1990 when the 49ers beat the bag out of the Broncos, 55 to 10 that year. So, uh, yeah, that was when we arrived. So we would have been, that was our second stint, actually, in Ketchikan. We lived there in the beginning until I was like five or six. And then we moved to Virginia. Virginia and then back to Ketchikan. Back to Ketchikan, okay. same spot, and then to Maine uh, afterwards. But so yeah, you so were I was, in, what, fifth grade? Let's see. Yeah, 1990. Yeah, so I would have started fifth grade. Just started fifth grade. Yep. And I was just starting seventh grade. Oh, I bet you were wonderful to be around. (laughs) (laughs) I was starting seventh grade at Gordon Central Middle School. Gordon Central Middle School. Yeah, because actually... Obviously named after Jeff Gordon. (laughs) Big, big guy in the South. Big big school fan. (laughs) (laughs) Big school guy in the South. Jeff Gordon. (laughs) All those NASCAR racers. Big into schooling. Um... And so, yeah, we, we I start I went to middle school there in seventh grade, and they were building a new middle school at the time. Oh, okay. So in eighth grade, I went to Sonoraville Middle School. It was like the first year it ever opened or whatever. That but sounds like a grade, Dr. Seuss character. Snorville. Snorville, yeah. <laughs> seventh grade was a big deal. It was like my first year of middle school. Okay, so your middle school wasn't sixth, seventh, no. eighth. Yeah, mine neither. Uh, yeah. In Alaska, it was seventh and eighth only. Yeah. And so this is when like all the elementary schools are coming together and you're getting to see all new people, new mm. boys mostly, oh. you know. Huh. 
but just like meeting all these new people. You're like, I've always had the same four boyfriends my whole life because they were just the four guys in my class. Yeah. And now there's like all these other opportunities and you know, whatever, like you're quickly. Yeah. You're you're 12. Your hopes are quickly faded. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they smell like they're terrible. (laughs) More sweatpants. Yeah, like they all think they're gonna be uh, professional athletes. I remember getting yeah, of course autographs I from still all do. of them. Yeah, I think I, I used to have the autographs still of like a couple of them, and one of them did go in the NFL. When they're like, "Oh, you better keep this. I'm gonna be famous someday." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that was around the time when I really perfected my autograph. <laughs> like I, we had like folders, you know, for each yeah. individual class or subject, and like the inside would just be me signing my name over mm-hmm. and over again until mm-hmm. I got it. I'm like trying different ways, different looks, you know, based on the professionals I had, I had known or. That was also the year that I realized that clothes were important, mm-hmm. you know, like the air suits were a big deal where I lived. Like those like nylon matching track suits. Probably basically. super baggy too back then. They, ours weren't really that bad. I mean, they were kind, they weren't the like stonewashed tight. jeans and stuff probably. Yeah, yeah, for sure. People were tight rolling their jeans. Yeah. That was a big deal. I don't deal. know what that means. Oh, that's when you would take, you don't know what tight rolling your jeans are? Wow. I don't even think I started wearing jeans until I was like 14. (laughs) That sounds about (laughs) right for you. (laughs) Yeah, no, you would take the cuff of your pant and roll it up, but you would like uh, crisscross it over and then tight roll it up so that the cuff of your pant was tight around your ankle instead of loose. Oh, interesting. That sounds like a 90s thing. Yeah, it was super 90s. So anyway... It's 1990. Okay. It's a it's a it's Exciting. a whole new, you know, uh, decade. <laughs> that the word <laughs> decade. That's the word you're I was like, for. I know it's not century. It's not century. What's the other one? It's not century. Not century. It's decade. Remember, that's we're why, doing a show about took... the decade of the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't be a decade right now. <laughs> yeah. All right. So okay, 1990 September. September right. 10th, 1990. Okay, the first Pizza Hut opens in the Soviet Union. <laughs> what? <laughs> this was a, this was the most exciting thing that I saw when I was doing all the research. This isn't the most exciting, but it is. Oh my I was so gosh, excited. That is like, incredible. Yeah, the very first Pizza Hut opens on September. The first sign the Cold War is over. <laughs> yeah. Pizza Hut. No, no, no. They had just, the Berlin Wall had just come down. Oh, yeah. January 1990. They were still in all these negotiations. Like, you know, all of these restrictions are being lifted. And so Pizza Hut opens in the Soviet Union. Wow. Uh, The most popular pizza. Meat lovers. Moscova. I don't know what that means. Moscova. Moscova, which was topped with sardines, tuna. (laughs) Sardines, tuna, Salmon, mackerel, and onion. Oh my god! <laughs> Moskva. You- Honestly, how much would someone have to pay? Like Pizza Hut oh would god. have to pay you to eat. Just take one bite of that thing. Oh god! A Make lot. making sure you get on the bite is each flavor of fish. <laughs> so gross. Do you think that would be better or worse than the whale we ate in Iceland? Oh, it would be way worse. The whale we didn't know was whale, and it tasted like beef jerky. That's true. So this. Uh, I was right. That is a meat lovers, but that is a. <laughs> it's a fish pescator, lovers. Pescator. Pe, pe, whatever yeah. that Pesca word is. Pesca lovers. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is, sounds disgusting. That should be like torture at Guantanamo <laughs> Bay. Like, you have to eat this pizza and listen to corn. 
<laughs> corn would be way better on the pizza than fish. No, I mean, I listen to the band corn. I know what you like, mean. It just made me think of corn. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is disgusting. Moskva. Uh, pizza Hut kind That's of- the most popular? Like, how did you find that? I did all this research. I mean, I, I understand, but, like, is there a special, like, pizza toppings of Russia.com? Well, yeah, there are all these articles about it opening. Oh. Um... I do I do deep dives, okay. Clearly. I know you just read the Wikipedia page That's for it. two That's minutes. Enough for me, and then I could get make up stories about uh, it. <laughs> so Pizza Hut coming to Moscow was called Pizza Stroika. Yeah, love it. Pizza Stroika. All right. And it did so well, serving almost twenty thousand customers a week, that at the time it was the largest pizza kitchen in the world. Was it in Moscow? It was in Moscow. Yeah. Uh, and so the next day on September, do you think? Do you think that? Uh, what do you think the Moscow version of the Pizza Hut book it was? Remember when you were kids and you had to read a certain number of oh, yeah. books, and you got that little button, and then you got a little personal pan pizza afterwards. Imagine the books that you would have to read. Like, there's probably a book inside another book inside another book. Inside Why Stalin book. was the greatest human on earth? <laughs> yeah. I mean, all the lines you could, yeah. Stop stalling. Give me my pizza. <laughs> I mean, the I need another of one of those. What was it called? Moskivas. Moskva. I need 14 personal Moskivas. I mean, Easy on the anchovies. Imagine waiting in line for bread and starving during the Cold War, and then a pizza opens. And you're like, what the fuck? Has this been happening in America the oh whole my time? Gosh. Yeah. Interesting. Wow, we were a big Pizza Hut family. Yeah, My I was going like, to get into the Book It program, yeah. Oh, sure. That was our favorite, uh, like, I don't know if what you want to call it, if it's fast food or like... Sit, it was a sit-down restaurant sit in down. Yeah, same with us. Uh, you know, they had, they had the cool red, like, plastic red cup cups. With Coca-Cola written and on the, the uh, And the little, like, dot ice that was so good. And ours, the ones that we would always go to, had a jukebox, which was amazing. Those lamps that would come down and, like, over the table. We loved pizza. We always got Meat Lovers deep dish. And, uh, you know, it was so greasy. Always tasted good the next day. And uh, also, sometimes, if we were really good, we would go to the buffet. And it was, like, $5 all-you-can-eat lunch buffet. That was only at lunch. Only at lunch. It was, like, an hour and a half. You had Mm -hmm. to catch that window. Yeah. And, uh, man, Pizza Hut. So many great nights for the Brockman family at Pizza Hut. Always after softball games or after softball or, like, playing Or it was, like, our big night out as a family. We would go to Pizza Hut. It was Remember, they also invented the personal pan, like, the the mini pizza. Yeah, the little tiny guys. So when you were a kid, you could have your very Very own own. pizza. It was such a big deal. Oh, I don't. I can get whatever toppings I want yeah. on here. I don't have to just have what my mom. My and dad had. loved Supreme. That was his. Like I was, meat, I, we were meat lovers, and he was Supreme. We always got pepperoni, and my dad to this day still calls it pinza, <laughs> like it has an N in pinza. it. Pinza and pinches. That sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds like my dad, but <laughs> it was a. I mean, it was amazing. It was you amazing. Pizza was Parmesan amazing. and the pepper on the table. Oh my goodness! And I would go just nuts. like load it up. Like it was literally like it, it snowed on my. Remember pizza. they would bring you a pitcher of soda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pitchers. Yeah, I mean, oh my, my dad God. would get a pitcher of beer, and we get a pitcher of soda. Oh, and gosh. It, that was like before the soda fountain existed for anybody to use. Sure. You know. Uh, but but yeah. Pizza Huts, I don't even think you can sit down and eat in them anymore, right? Do they yeah, still have those? Yeah, most of them, no. But like the ones in other countries. So on September 11th, 1990, the first Pizza Hut opened in Beijing, China. Mm. 
And to this day, it is like you have to have a reservation to go. Like, it like is, even now, even now, like it's like All a right, big let's, deal. Let's to go. go. What are we doing this weekend? It's Labor Day. Let's go to they a... Have a full menu. You know, it's like, well, I don't know if you can sit down and eat inside in a restaurant in China right now. Probably oh, prob- they're doing probably. better than us. Yeah, they're doing way better than us. But um, it, wow, they, they, they had to import their cheese because nobody eats cheese in china they don't they like most of their economy has never existed with cheese or dairy or anything Mm, like that so they had to import the cheese the pizzas were about four dollars and sixty cents which was one sixth the salary that most chinese people make wow (laughs) so they would have like they really wanted to save for the whole year and go to pizza which you know they take reservations and you could make that plan if that's what you really wanted amazing uh so currently, yeah, it's a very trendy restaurant. Need reservations. Chinese Pizza Huts are twice as profitable as Pizza Huts in the U.S. And they offer an expanded menu that includes octopus and quail eggs. Like on your pizza? Or, yeah, just on the side. Or just like, I think it's not just pizza that they serve. I think oh, it's oh, like a oh, whole okay. restaurant. Would you rather eat that Russian fish pizza <laughs> or the Chinese quail eggs and what was it? Octopus? What do you think I'd tastes better? I'd rather have quail eggs and octopus. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. Oh, then mackerel and sardines and tuna and salmon and oh. onion. Like onion is probably the deal breaker for I'm you. I'm going to vomit. Right? <laughs> I, the, got, I got really my vomit right I now. I all the other fish you're fine with, but then I said onion and you're yeah. like, Wah! Get that onion out Chris Brockman does not like onion oh, in anything. Oh, cooked onions. Gross. I know. Uh, any, any onions, really. Here... This is like this. So then I did some research on Pizza Hut. It was started by this is like fun facts. So this is like stuff you can tell at the water cooler at your work or oh, whatever. I'm if you're still going to work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> fun facts you can I'm say on your give work. You Zoom. Cool things to talk about <laughs> to your friends when you actually get to talk to someone in person <laughs> or whenever you want. That's going to be like my goal for this podcast from now on. <laughs> Stuff that I can't believe I know. And now I can't wait to tell everybody. So Pizza Hut was started by two brothers who were in college at Wichita State University. Okay. It became a franchise immediately because their friend Dick Hauser <laughs> wanted to get out of his insurance job. Of course. I mean, when How many Dick Hausers do you know? When you're Dick Hauser, you have to sell insurance. Dick Hauser sounds like the name of a female porn star. A Just female porn star? <laughs> Uh, oh she got it <laughs> uh and so apparently this guy was like such a good salesman like he immediately helped it franchise and like it, he was good at talking people into things and apparently one of his best managers uh put in their notice and so he went to go convince him to stay that man was bill parcells wait what <laughs> yeah he was the manager of a pizza hut in kansas <laughs> oh my god and he was leaving to take his first coaching job at a small nebraska college so dick hauser is like bill uh-uh. no uh-uh, bill <laughs> you know how much money you can make <laughs> as a manager at a pizza hut <laughs> you know bill i don't think this football thing is gonna work out for Listen, you you need a backup plan, <laughs> you need a backup player and that is Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah, and it's not real life. We have Book It. You're not you want to really foosball. help. <laughs> if you want to really help kids, you need to stay the manager of my and Pizza And teach Hut. them to read <laughs> and enter my Book It program. Yeah. So, to hell with your 4-3 defense. <laughs> he later admitted he was wrong to try to convince him to stay, I but mean, he said he still would have made a lot of money at Pizza Hut. Congratulations to Dick Hauser for like having enough, you know, 
self-respect. He'll be like, okay, my bad. My bad. Shouldn't have talked Bill Parcells out of that I one. wonder how long it took him to admit he was wrong. Like how years. many years? At uh, least 15 years, I would right? say up years? until Bill got his Hall of Fame bust. <laughs> Dick Hauser. Bill Parcells up. is uh, it, giving his speech in Canton, and Dick Hauser was home thinking, all right, fine. He made the right move. All right. I can see why I'm not invited. <laughs> I concede. You win, Parcells. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. Isn't that great? So, Is Dick Hauser still alive? I think so. Yeah. I mean, all this happened. Oh, sorry. I guess I didn't write the year, but it was like the 80s when Pizza Hut started. Mm. So it wasn't... Okay. Uh, yeah, and they were like 26-year-old guys at Wichita. Amazing. State. Like, amazing. Great and name. And then it took P- off. The Pizza Hut. Yeah. Love it. And then uh, apparently Pizza Hut really took off when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out. Um, because... So the cartoon or the... The, te- movie, oh, the movie. The very first oh, movie came out movie. in March of 1990. Okay. And Domino's was actually the pizza in the movie. Mm-hmm. But when it went to home video, Pizza Hut bought all this ad space to run before the video came out. Oh, yeah, on. because on VHS tapes, there were ads right. before, the pre- before the trailers. And you're thinking, you already knew that these turtles liked pizza. Right. Just from, like, watching previews or maybe you saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. And then you just started immediately associating them with Pizza Hut before the movie oh, even that's started, amazing. and oh, so wow. they, uh, yeah, so they, that's where they really struck gold, and then like it like just really took off. I mean, it was already doing well, but it just, it like they those tur- the Ninja Turtles made pizza cool. That's so awesome to young kids and to families, and then it was like a restaurant, and then the Book It program started. That started in 1984, and it's still going today. It's still going. Yeah, oh, that's great! I always today. wondered if it was still going. And you know, Pizza Hut was also kind of like McDonald's in a way, where like they gave out toys and stuff. I remember getting remember those Land Before Time movies. Oh, God, they yes. used to have the stuffed animals there, and like I forget what other movies though, but they would always team up with Pizza Hut, and if you got personal pan pizzas, they would give these little toys away to the mm. kids. I remember the uh, the Final Four was always hooked up with Pizza Hut, and they would give away like rubber basketballs, and so we would go and get free basketballs at mm-hmm. Pizza Hut. Like mm-hmm. I had a bunch of those, like. Pizza Hut was the best. Like so something kids today, uh, no, add it to the list. <laughs> add it to the list. Free pornography. Uh, what else is on the list? The kids, the kids will never we understand. Should just change like this download to kids down, today. Down, you know, free music. Like all the stuff we had to go through back in the day. Yeah. they'll never uh, really appreciate how great Pizza Hut was. Man, it was just so much fun. And like I can remember, like working so hard to read so many books oh my goodness just so it I was the biggest pizza, deal ever you know? my was... mom probably still has all those buttons at my house oh yeah the button was a big deal the button was a big deal well, it i was remember big, our class purple, won a pizza and you wanted the gold stars to get yeah. your free pi- we won a pizza. pizza party at our school my class did i don't remember what grade it was it was probably elementary school i think now they've abolished the pizza party thing i think i read that i can't because it's not healthy it's like yes it it is it was like something with like those annoying moms that like were just like Like, we don't want to try to reward kids have to reward them for reading by getting to eat something like that you know that's so insane like get over yourself (laughs) these kids want damn pizza just give it to them they're yeah, friggin' cares? 10. Who cares? They run around all day. All day. They have endless energy. Have you ever seen a 10-year-old? Or they should, anyway. So, 
Yeah. Literally, there's so much stuff that happened this week that I didn't even get to like the number one movie or the number one song. Oh, no way. Really? Oh, that's my favorite part. I know. But I think you're going to still be happy. Do you know what they were? No. Didn't even look. Didn't even look. Oh, didn't even have time. All right. I'm going to have to go look. (laughs) I could look it up. We can pause it. I could look it up. And no, I can it's fine. You. I'm just going to I think you'll be happy wonder. enough. Okay. I'm just going to have to redo this week next year so I can figure out what the movie was. <laughs> All right. Something else happened on September 10th, 1990. Okay. Is it better than Pizza Hut? Because that was pretty good. It's pretty cool. 19-year-old Pete Sampras beats Andre Agassi to win the U.S. Open tennis oh, tournament. Oh, dang. Was that his first U.S. Open win? Yes. That's awesome. 19 years old. And Agassi had the big crazy hair and the, uh-huh. the Nike Just Do It, which we later learned was a weight with a weave. Like, it wasn't even real. Oh, really? I didn't read that. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It was in his book. He talked about how all the hair and stuff was fake. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was living up. Remember, his whole thing was images everything. He With the mm-hmm. Nike ads and the Canon Rebel uh, f- uh, cameras. Yeah. Like, that was his whole thing about image. And, like, he was really living up to it. I love it. Yeah. I guess he was the best. I love both those guys, How actually. much do you remember about Pete Sampras? Um, Pete Sampras was one of my favorite tennis players when yeah, I was a kid. Sure. Yeah, I loved him. I loved Boris Becker for some reason. I'm uh, sure you love him now because he's married to Bridget Wilson. Well, he married Veronica Vaughn. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to touch the honey. <laughs> yeah, that was the best. Um, I love Pete Sampras. I actually, uh, I worked at the U.S. Open one year in 19, in 2003. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I got paid to just hang out pretty much. It was kind of awesome. Our friend Parker, who we referenced last week about thinking he could score in an NBA game, <laughs> yeah. he worked uh, the U.S. Open in 2002 for USA Network, and he kind of gave them my name. And uh, I wasn't doing anything. Was this when you were living in New York? Because you were. At- uh, no, this was. Um, so this was 2003. Oh, so, so it was this right was, after you graduated uh, Syracuse. Yeah. So this was the year after I wasn't really doing anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I stayed with a friend in Queens and worked there for like 15 days. Basically, I get paid to just walk around with the camera crew who was like doing all the stuff outside. And the reporter, Michael Barkan, like. Uh, I was the liaison between the camera crew and like his assistant. So if he was doing some weird shoot on some random court, she would like actually we had the next tell, so it was like doo doo and she would like doo doo me. And then I'd be like, Okay, cool. All right, we gotta get over here in ten minutes and blah 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 and then we would mosey on over. But I mean I didn't really do much. Yeah. It was just it was cool. Like the coolest thing that year was like I was probably this far away from Anna Kornikova, which is pretty awesome. And like, I, th- I think uh, Minnie Driver was dating one of the players then, so I saw uh-huh. her on one of the tennis court, on one of the courts. And then um, uh, I would like after hour, I would like stay and like watch some of the matches if it was like super late at night. But it was so fun. But one of the first nights we were there, Pete Sampras retired, mm-hmm. and uh, they had mm-hmm. this big ceremony on center court, and Alec Baldwin like did the intro and everything, and. Uh, I was standing in the tunnel for it the whole time. And so, cause my camera guy was like on the court and like his utilities were with him. And so I was just like, where do I go? I'm like, I'm just going to stay, just stand up. I'm just standing. I'm just standing in the hallway. And then everyone walks by me. Alec Baldwin, Whoa. Pete, Bridget, mm-hmm. Boris Becker, Jim Courier, John Whoa. McEnroe, all these guys. Cause I was a huge tennis fan growing up and they all just walked by me. And I'm just like, Whoa, this is awesome. This is pretty cool. Oh that was like my real, first time kind of like seeing some big time celebrities in person 
Are you sure it's 2003? Because it that says was he retired in 2002 after he beat Agassi in yeah. the Open final. Yeah, and then they had his ceremony the next year because oh, oh, okay, he wasn't okay, competing. Okay, okay. Yeah, he wasn't competing. But uh, I don't really remember much from that 1990 match. That probably put Pete on the map, though, I imagine. Yes, so it put 19. him on the map because he turned pro when he was 16. Yeah. Uh, at the start of 1998, when he turned pro, he was ranked 893rd. <laughs> and at the end of the year, he was ranked number 97. Wow. He's 16. Uh, the French Open is the only Grand Slam title he's never won. Yep. He has 7-0 and in Wimbledon finals. Yep. Uh, his older sister, Stella, is the women's tennis coach at UCLA. Stella. <laughs> right here That's at UCLA. Uh, he's married to Bridget Wilson. They have two kids, and he retired in 2002. So Yeah, I love Pete. Uh, he, it's the only kind of blip on his uh, career is never having won the French. I mean, you could say, you know, Roger and, um, and Rafa have kind of like passed him now in terms of the all-time great. But there was a brief moment in time where Pete was the greatest tennis player in the world. Pistol Pete, wasn't he like pit, called Pistol Pete because of this? His serve his was serve like so was insane. His serve was so amazing. Yeah, and in like his second serve, he was great. Such a great uh, grass player and hardcore right. player. But that's then, why the rivalry between him and Agassi was so great because Sampras was uh, at the time the greatest server, yep. and Andre Agassi was the best returner. The greatest returner. And so yeah. their head-to-head battles. But I think Sampras won twenty of. 34 against match. against uh, Andre. Yeah, so he's yeah, it was pretty awesome head. that uh, they kind of started their career going head to head and then Andre kind of faded away. He really flamed out and then as he got older, he made a huge comeback. Yeah. And it was nice to see them kind of rekindle that. And then that he in coached Djokovic for like a year, and then they just like butted heads too yeah. much. So like in 2017, I think that he was coaching yeah. him. Yeah. And it's so funny, like come full circle out here. Uh, every once in a while, well, we had played every year up until this past year. Rich and I play in this uh, charity golf tournament for the Red Cross, mm-hmm. and I think two years ago, one of our playing partners was Pete Sampras. Oh wow, so cool. Yeah, it was well, pretty see, awesome. Yeah, I re- well, yeah. I remember just like going to the Olympics in 96 and standing behind this pane of glass mm-hmm. or like, you know, plastic or whatever. And you, it was Sampras's serve coming at you. Oh, no way. And it was, you know, 136 miles. Terrifying. I, you, I was just like, there, uh, there's no freaking what? Like you just had to stick your racket out. Yeah, I, I don't even never, know how you return. Yeah. Like who, for Agassi to rear back and then hit like that is the most insane and have it go like pinpoint exactly yeah. where he wanted it to go backhand for like, it was incredible Unbelievable. i almost think like you know they say hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in all the sports i mean I, I gotta think that like if you're out there trying to return one of those serves is damn near impossible <laughs> yeah. like just for the average person i would have a much better chance just throwing my bat out and ticking a fastball mm-hmm. at a hundred, uh, you know, at ninety-five miles an hour, than I ever would. Right. They're like trying to return one of these one hundred and thirty mile an hour serves. That you're actually say, admitting that you wouldn't be able to. Return. Oh, I mean, I'm an amazing <laughs> tennis player. I mean, I, I look. Oh, my yeah. second serve is to be reckoned we de- with. We bought rackets two a year ago, and we've used them twice. Yeah. Was, well, they <laughs> so shut down. Really. They oh, shut down the right. tennis courts. I mean, look. With all due respect to us. <laughs> They shut down the tennis courts. Sure. Yes. What are we supposed to do? Thank God we got those. Ugh. Because Maverick really chews on those balls now. So oh, my good. gosh. So then Agassi, I found out about him. So I didn't know that his dad was like a famous Iranian boxer. Oh, his dad is a psycho. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, 
I know you read you, the book. Yeah, you like, read his book. Yeah, I read part of it. I read like the first half of it. I'm I'm good at reading the first half of books. <laughs> Chris Rockman, I read the first half of half a book. Usually, how did you ever get a pizza from the Book It program? You lied. Oh, yeah, did pro- you read half of those probably, books? Probably. You... I, I don't. Know. No, back then I was a really good student, <laughs> and then I realized school was a scam, <laughs> and uh, you didn't have to do any work to get passing grades. But um, no, I'm uh, as I got older, I love reading biographies. And oh, so I yeah. usually, so I usually read about a half to two thirds and then I like buy a new one. I start reading that one and then I realize I have 10 books I've never finished. But, uh, the Agassiz book, his, he like hates his father and he hated tennis because of his father, because his dad, uh, made up this machine for him to hit balls and he would have to hit like 10,000 balls a day before he was allowed to go to bed as a kid. Cause they, <sighs> he lived, he grew up in Las Vegas yes. and, uh, his dad would make him hit balls every single day as a kid, back and forth, wow, back and forth. Wow, that makes sense and, then, uh, yeah. why he dropped out of school. So yeah. at 13 years old, he went to Nick Bolletieri's tennis camp yeah, in, in Florida. Florida. He was supposed to stay for three months because that's all his dad could afford. But after Bolletieri watched Agassi for 30 minutes, he called his dad and told him he was tearing up the check and that Agassi could stay for free. Uh, and then he dropped out of school in ninth grade to pursue tennis yep. full time. That is crazy. crazy. Ninth grade. So in 1990, I was like two years away from ninth grade and he was two years away from, well, he was professional, but at, at my age at that time, yeah. he was getting ready to drop out of school. Oh yeah. That's crazy. At my school, you didn't drop out of school at ninth grade unless you were pregnant. Well, actually <laughs> you didn't have to drop out cause we had a daycare center. So yeah, they kept you in. Oh, Agassiz as a, as a teen girl was a prodigy. Yeah. Yeah. He was amazing. I mean, I knew he was a pro, I guess I just didn't like, I, I just didn't know enough about him. So yeah. he, um, oh, I, I love he's one. He's amazing. Uh, a bunch of Grand Slams and an Olympic medal. And then Agassi versus Sampras became one of the best rivalries in the 90s. Best server g- against best returner. Yep. Uh, the most memorable batch was the 2001 Open quarterfinals where neither of them broke serve. Oh, it's incredible. It w- Sampras won 6-7, 7-6, 7-6, 7-6. Un- unbelievable. I remember watching that. <sighs> Those were the best back in the day, man. USA Network used to have yeah. the tennis, oh, and you yeah. would just stay up late, and like those matches on the East Coast would go till midnight, 1230. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. So cool. So, so cool. That was big happening in sports That's at awesome. The time. I love that. I love Andre. A couple of other things were happening in sports. Um... In uh, September of this week in 1990, it's the first time the New York Yankees in in their history that they were completely swept in a season series. That's a shame. Oakland Athletics beat them 12 games to zero. Oh, the A's. The A's went to the World Series that year, so yeah. that makes sense. Um, and then uh, in 1990, it was the first time since 1966 that all eight Grand Slam tennis champions were different. Whoa. So um, that was... So in the women's open, Gabriella Sabatini beat Steffi Graf. Mm. And then um, it was also when Matt Young became the 21st American League pay- oh, player. Oh, throw no hitter and lose? No, that was later oh. when he played for the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he To strike out four people in one inning. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you know how that's possible? Yeah, so it's when a guy swings and misses at the third pitch, but he gets away from the catcher and he goes to first base. I shouldn't have even looked that up. I should have like just yeah. <laughs> asked I mean, you. What, what do you mean? Do I know if that's possible? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I know it's possible. I just said, do you know how it's possible? Yeah, yeah. That's how it's possible. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you, but then I didn't want to give it away what was <laughs> what I was talking about, so I didn't want to tell you. Okay. That's cool. So, how many times has that happened? Did you say? 
Um, that was the 21st American League player to do that. Hmm. And then he later made history with the Red Sox to be yeah. the only pitcher to throw a new hit. No, no hitter. hitter was. <laughs> of course, that guy. I remember him. Uh, it's like bowling a 301. I bowled a 301. You can't bowl a 300 and lose. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but don't. Okay. This also happened this week. So on September 6, 1990, the seventh annual MTV Mo- Video Music Awards happened. What number? Seventh. Wow. Yeah. So it started in 1984. Yep. Uh, do you want to guess who the host was in 1990? In it, that, was, in it, it was uh, at Universal Amphitheater in Los Angeles. Do I get it? Can you kind of get it a, a hint? a black comedian. Can I get male. a Male. A black comedian male? Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish it was Eddie Murphy, but there's no chance. Close. They're friends. Who is it? Arsenio Hall. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he... He's so funny. The best. So he hosted, and the nicest, um, the Video Music Awards, which, like, all this stuff is happening There's as we speak anyway. Oh, yeah. You know, in the current time. So it's, like, kind of cool to see that, like, what, 30 years later... This is all still happening around the same time of year. Yeah. Because U.S. Open is going on right now. Oh, right, and right, right. the Video Music Awards were last week. So it's like, it's kind of cool that these all always happen at the same time. So um, at the 7th Annual MTV Video Music Awards, the VMAs, Madonna was the most nominated artist. I was just going to say, it seems like Madonna should have dominated. She had nine nominations for... Vogue. Do you remember that performance? I can remember that performance. Strike a pose. There's nothing to it. On on the VMAs. Did you watch them that year? No, no chance. Why? No chance I watched that. I was 10. So? I mean, uh, baseball baseball was on. (laughs) (laughs) Like, when I was 10 years old, literally the only thing that mattered in the world was baseball. Okay. Well, she dressed up like Marie Antoinette in this, like, giant gown. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember that. And it was, like, a really big deal. And, um, yeah. And it was huge. Wasn't it? it was like 15 feet wide or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, there were like all that. these backup dancers. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. was like she had this ch- corset with her chi chis out. And she sure. was just like yeah, I remember all that. showing everything. I definitely didn't watch it, but I remember it. Uh, so she had was nominated nine times for Vogue. Aerosmith's Janie Got a Gun. Oh, wow. Had eight nominations. But Sinead O'Connor took home the most three. That for nothing compares. Yes. That's a Prince song. Is it? I think oh, Prince yeah. wrote that. Yeah. Oh, amazing. yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then MC Hammer took home Best Rap Video and Best Dance Video for You, you Can't, Can't Touch, Touch This. this. Oh, yeah. man, my mom surprised me one day and got that cassette. Oh, really? Oh, my oh, gosh, nice. yeah. I like came home one day, and it oh, was like oh. in the mm-hmm. cassette player, mm-hmm. like the stereo, and uh, it was great. Wore it out. Loved oh. it. And hammer oh, pants are back we, we in got, set. We like, bought hammer. I made, her, I made her get me hammer pants. Oh, like yeah. It was awesome. That was the best. Hammer pants and LA gear shoes. Oh, nice. That was where it was. Did you also at. wear a vest without a shirt? Um, let me think about that. I'm sure she's got pictures, but I distinctly remember the hammer pants and these LA gear shoes I had had those giant puffy tongue mm-hmm. and they were black and neon yellow and that oh. double laces. Oh, you got to get a picture of those. You gotta have your mom. Yeah, I distinctly remember. Tell uh, your mom yeah, to yeah, stop yeah. going to Larry's Pub and get you <laughs> a picture of your LA gear shoes in Ketchikan. My next fantasy team name is Larry's Pub. <laughs> 
So um, a little bit of fun stuff about MTV because I like had to look it up because I was like, oh, I don't know enough about it. I don't remember a lot. I mean, I remember watching it all the time, but of I don't remember how it started. Kurt Loder. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And remote that control. Was later. That was later, but like, or maybe that well, was He later. was there from the 80s. beginning, yeah. I think. That was 80s. So now they're not called the Moon Men anymore. They're called they're called Moon Person. <laughs> no way. Yes. As of 2017, Come on. they are the Moon Person. That's the worst. Um, I hope all these stupid <laughs> soccer moms at home are happy that they've ruined everything oh, that we love. They will never be happy. That's the point. Aye, aye, aye. Um, the awards aren't as popular anymore. I get, apparently. People trace it back to 2014 when Drake like just didn't even show up to get his awards. But some people say it was earlier than that, like 2006, when they stopped playing music and started playing yeah. reality shows. Yeah, they don't play music yeah. anymore. I mean, TRL is the greatest show of all time. Oh, yeah. The best. Yeah. yeah. UMTV I... Raps, Remote Control, mm -hmm. TRL. Like, those were the glory days. The glory days, for sure. So... It was started in 1981 by Robert Pittman. This is MTV. Okay. He was a 27-year-old VP. 27. Genius. At Warner Amex. So he just basically had this idea. He just was for like an all-music channel. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, 81, that's they would get all the, the programming for free because the labels were just would send yeah. them the videos. I mean, for that's free. the super early days of cable TV, super early. And like they were basically trying to just hit this this target market of like 18 to 34, right. or like whatever these young boys, 14 to 35. And like basically it was a place for pimple ads and beer commercials mm -hmm. to run simultaneously. And um so he talked Warner into investing $30 million wow. into MTV. Four years later, they sold it to Viacom for $550 million. Man, I hope that guy got paid. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Uh, as of 2015, it was worth $6.5 I, I just I don't know anybody who still watches it, though, do you? I mean, I guess no. we're not the demo, really, no, for MTV anymore, but like... No, I but I just, just remember like when a video came out. Oh like, my gosh! It was when we, such when a I huge first deal. moved to LA, I was in the NSYNC pop video. Of course, Dirty Pop. Yeah, Wayne Isham was the director, and he was the guy that did all the great music videos. Mm -hmm. You know, he did Britney Spears video. Like, these are like thirty million dollar vi yeah, music like videos. Movies. I mean, they were like insane. Remember that they had a whole show like making of the video. It was almost better than the oh. video itself. Oh, You'd yeah. watch this hour behind the scenes thing of how the video yeah. gets made. It was so awesome. We were there for like 18 hours straight one day Ugh. and they got like an in and out truck. And then we were like, okay, I will stay longer. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably got paid $75 yeah. for the whole day. Like, no, yeah, for music videos, you didn't get overtime. You got a flat rate. It was different oh. than like a TV show or right, a movie. Right, right. You know what I mean? Um, and I remember also like. Well, he gave everybody this like crazy speech, like this is film. You moved to LA to be in film. We're making film, and then we were all just like, like, "This is the dirty pop video, <laughs> bro." Yeah, <laughs> uh, they were just marionettes like a couple months ago. So like, uh, yeah, and then um, is that the one heard... with the strings? Which one is that one? No, Which... dirty pop was like uh, was different. That okay, was, um, that was. They were all just kind of, I don't know, there was like all this like uh, neon colors and dancing and like these spinning circles okay. and stuff like that. They weren't the um, the the um, the toys like the. No, that no, no. The that the, was um, bye, the, bye, bye, bye. Got it. Uh, so anyway, 
we heard like this like beep we heard like like beatboxing on the microphone and we were just assumed it was like a track and it was just Justin Timberlake just, just like freestyling live and we were all like what the <laughs> like it was insane I never heard anybody beatbox live oh, like man. that even though like I grew up in Atlanta you would think I heard it way more <laughs> but I think I never realized people were doing it live I thought yeah. it was just like something that on a keyboard that you would press that that was like something <laughs> engineered I yeah I didn't I know anybody it. could do that with their mouth I can't do it insane so that was like my first foray into like just like that whole music video yeah, and like yeah, yeah. that monstrosity of like music videos were such a big deal in the late 90s such and a big deal early 2000s oh yeah when there was gonna be a premiere of a video yeah, it, was it was like huge. a movie premiere. it was like oh i gotta be at my my yeah. house at six o'clock because trl is showing you know the new so-and-so video mm-hmm. 98 degrees got a new yeah. video like, Jessica oh, pretty, pretty spears is yeah. a new video like yeah when that like christina aguilera's dirty came out it oh. was like oh my god yeah yeah no i remember that uh one of my favorite videos was the one from Moulin Rouge that all the girls oh, yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Maya and all yeah, them. yeah, yeah. It was amazing. So anyway, uh, at first it was called TV One. He wanted to call it TV One, but that was taken. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, that was already a like a name of like a, some local affi- affiliate. So they were going to call it TVM. From yeah, and then some kid at the office was like, "You should just call it MTV." <laughs> Just like some slapdick fucking intern who's like, you know, typing away data processing. What about MTV? Cool. Yeah. And then there he was no like, way. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was like a low level guy anyway, too. I yeah. mean, he was a VP. He wasn't like, you know. So anyway, they. Uh, wow. MTV. And then originally when they had the flag going into the moon, they had Neil Armstrong's voice. Uh saying something like that um like they just use the actual footage from oh, the moon it, or whatever later they had to redo it or whatever but like apparently like a few days before they were going to launch neil armstrong's team sent them like a cease and desist oh. letter it was like no 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 you can't just use our voice or whatever you should just charge them like <laughs> ec- like i want 10 percent of the company and you know ten thousand dollars yeah. per use yeah so then uh they were like ah oh. and then so then they just dubbed like Whatever it was, like the TV, like, you know. Right. Um, well, they had the TV snow. with the snow on the TV yeah. in the background. Man, that was one of those things, along with my autograph, the other thing I used to write all the time was the MTV M. Oh, yeah. The big block M. I, I used to write it in my notebooks all the time. Yeah, apparently it was like some kids in the West Village that like took a stab at like the logo or whatever. And uh, I'm sure they didn't get, I'm sure they got like 20 bucks. It's like the woman <laughs> who created the Nike swoosh. Like she got paid like 40 bucks and that was it. <laughs> And it's the most like iconic logo oh, ever. Yeah. So, um, so that was kind of like some fun stuff about MTV. Everybody knows the first video was "Video Killed the Radio Star." Video killed star. the radio star. Do you know the second? Everybody um, knows the first. So impress people with the second. I don't know the second. It was Pat Benatar. You better run. Would have never. You yeah. No. I, like who? I like that. yeah. Because "Video Killed the Radio Star" is a little bit more. I caught like everybody knows. Yeah, of course. Word. I don't well, remember I mean, all like, the words. Obviously, that you run. obviously that was chosen for a reason. You know, they're yeah. creating a music television channel. Video killed the radio. Star. It's kind of weird because now when MTV's on, all you want to do is you better run. Because <laughs> <laughs> nice. you're like, eh, I'm not watching. God, this. MTV was yeah. the best. The best. Yeah. The best. 
Oh man, mm-hmm. I loved it. Madonna I loved watching MTV. Madonna actually has the most Moon Men of all time. She has twenty more than Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson combined. So she's she won has the twenty most. total. Do you think yeah. she knows where any of them are? Oh. Do you think they're just like paperweights around Madonna's house? <laughs> oh God, yeah. I don't even know. She probably used to use them like they're they're not heavy enough for her to lift as weights. So <laughs> she just like threw them away or throws them at like whatever housekeeper is telling her to get a vaccine right or just gives them away they're like oh just give them that moon man over there yeah well i remember one day i was like walking to runyon with maverick when i lived close enough to walk and i went by bob barker's house because it was like on my way and he had like he was like giving an emmy away to like that's a guy who's got like 40 gardener And I was like, and well, there were like three on the ledge. Like you, you don't just like walk past Emmys and be yeah. like, wait, wait. oh, that's normal or whatever. I just yeah. see him in his, in his driveway and he's giving the gardener an Emmy. And I was like, well, that's nice of you. And he's like, yeah, what am I going to do? And I was like, well, I guess when you have three, you can give him away. And he goes, I have 11. <laughs> and I was like, have a good day. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> By the way, my dog's neutered. <laughs> you know, like what are you gonna say? So anyway, that was the second week of September. It's pretty good. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So the very full week. Somebody on Twitter asked um, for us to just name one thing that happened in, uh, in a, a different year. week. Yeah, the same week, but in a different year. Right. And so the coolest thing that I saw that I almost did was September 9th, 1995, the Sony PlayStation arrived in the United oh, States. Oh, baby. <laughs> <sighs> Were you a video game kid? I was. Well, yes, I was, actually. Because you keep saying you want to buy a video game. You well, I, get it. I stopped. I, I, You know. You're like, once we have the baby, I should get video games because I'm going to have all this time. I have all this time. We're just going to be <laughs> sitting in the back, hanging out together, bonding. Uh, yeah, we, we were video games. We had, uh, we had the, uh, ColecoVision with the Donkey Kong back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I remember begging my mom to get a Nintendo when it first came out in like 86, 87. Mm-hmm. And so I eventually, we had a Nintendo mm-hmm. and so we would play that, uh, like a handful of great games. And then my brother and s- my brother and sister were old enough to like start screwing around with it too. And then when we moved to Maine, we got... My brother got a Sega Genesis for Christmas. Dang. That was sick. Y'all rich. <laughs> Actually, when we got it, we were living in a hotel because we were mm-hmm. still didn't have a house in Maine. And then we didn't have anything up until I remember my, let's see, junior year college. Uh, PlayStation 2 had just come out over Christmas. And I remember going into Best Buy and they had a bunch and it was like these are gonna these are gonna sell out like today. Like I need to like this is my last three hundred dollars. <laughs> I need to get this and Madden, and I got I got it, and we took it back to school for second semester. And uh, my buddy VA and I we played Madden like till like four in the morning every single day. Great, it was amazing. That's but fun. then when we were in high school, our friend, uh, one of our buddies on the football team, he had an original PlayStation, and we played college football '98. Oh, nice! College football '98, uh-huh. and so the two great, the two best teams in that, like Peyton Manning, that was his uh, senior year mm-hmm. for Tennessee, 
and so I would always be him. Or uh, this guy in Texas whose name's James Brown, and like Ricky Williams, I think was. Uh, I mean, it wasn't their real names, but it was like supposed to be them, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we played a lot of college football '98. Like Florida was awesome in those games. Yeah, with, like, yeah, uh, for sure. Steve Spurrier was the coach, and like Doug Johnson and all those good receivers. Oh, I remember how good Florida was yeah, in, they the were awesome in the '90s because I went to Georgia. Yeah, they were great. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of always played video games up until you know, probably up until like the mid 2000s when I was still at home, uh, not doing anything and like staying up till two or three in the morning, like because mm-hmm. like the college football game was still going on. So I got that one year. I think the last Madden I got was like. I remember getting the Madden with Michael Vick on it, and I think I bought it the next year because Donovan McNabb was on it, and then that was the last one I got. And then I phew, couldn't tell you the last time I played a video game. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I just mean, don't really play anymore. When, when oh. we go home, like my mom, my sister have like the Xbox and the Wii thing, so we'll like play the bowling with my nephews and stuff, mm-hmm. and like that's kind of fun. But couldn't tell you, I just stopped being a gamer. It was like, all right, this takes too much energy. I want to do other stuff. I want to read. I want to work out. I want to play basketball. I want to <laughs> I wanna read stuff. half of a book. I want to read. I want to read two th- two thirds of a biography about Ted Williams. And I'll then, get one slice of pizza out stop. of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never even beat uh, Mario, so we, we can had we min- can get one and we yeah. can run it back. You, you keep know? saying like you're gonna like. Like now you know how I many hands it, it takes to hold oh, yeah, the baby and all have, the other things that you I have, would have to no hold. I have no time. I think before it was coming up like, oh, it's going to be great. He's going to be like napping and I can <laughs> like play some 2K. Like it'll be awesome. <laughs> I mean, and well, it was so funny. I, now I yell at you while we're sitting it in here so two rooms funny. away. I'm like, you're going to wake up the baby. I know because I'm like screaming. It was so funny because like people on Twitter would be like, bro, you're never going to have time to play video games. Like what are you doing? <laughs> you just don't know. Like when you're about to have a baby, you're like... We're gonna. I'm gonna be spending time at home with him, so I should right, have I something like, to do. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna be home. We're just gonna be chilling. Like, I need something to do. Like, <laughs> I can't just keep watching the news and like scrolling Twitter. Like, I need something to do. Like, <sighs> let me play a video game. Right. Let me play Call of Duty or whatever. No words with friends. That's all you can play. That's all I got time for. Yeah. <laughs> Great week. That was fun. Thank you. Good. I Thank really you. enjoyed that. All right. Hope you learned something. I know I did. Thank you for letting me talk about pizza and oh my uh, the I want some VMAs. Pizza Is there a pizza around? In the U.S. Open. I, I know. It does make you hungry. I don't hungry even think there pizza. are any. Okay. Uh, so hit us up on all the socials at Week in the 90s Pod. Mm-hmm. Everything. Twitter, Instagram. You can email us uh, and uh, check us out on YouTube. Yeah. Any other suggestions that you want to hear, let us know. And uh, we'll try to comply if it fits into what we can do. Yeah, we're, we're pretty open. Super fun. Great job. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next week. This week in the 90s podcast.